Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everyone, to Rock FM Radio. This is the beginning of a brand new episode of Dive Cuts. Uh, we've been here for six seasons. Uh, we're on about like episode 39, something like that. Uh, and of course, we are here to talk about your Missouri basketball tigers. Uh, on the other side of this window is is at Data Mizzou, uh, Matt Watkins. He is uh, he is our our data expert, data mining expert. Um, part-time lawyer, uh, full-time basketball podcast host. Uh, Matt, it's been a while since we've had you on the podcast. Uh, it's sort of been a, a, a crazy June. How are things with you? Doing well. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, the, the roles have been reversed. The, the data analyst has been put on the back burner and the, the, the real job is kind of on the front burner, so. But yeah, it's been good. Things are good, you know. A lot of the FC games. Yes, I I did take one of those in in person. It was uh, it was a good time. If you've not been and you have a taste for the local food scene, I would recommend it. Yeah, it is. Uh, they did do a good job of setting up the park um, for any St. Louis natives. Anybody that's followed this podcast long long enough knows that I am a St. Louis uh, native and live there now. Uh, uh, Matt has since joined uh, the Saint Hooligans, and uh, and he is he is a a, a resident of St. Louis County um, and an avid soccer fan. Um, but yeah, so I I have not been to the park yet. I do want to go to the park. Um, 
you, you know i'm a big balkan uh food truck mm-hmm. fan so uh i'm uh, looking forward to be able to go and watch soccer and, and eat lamakin um so anybody that doesn't know it's, it's sort of it's like a little uh it's like a little you know wrap and it's delicious uh but you can just go to this their shop in, in webster and get it too uh so but th- this is not uh, Missouri Tiger basketball. We should be talking about Missouri Tiger basketball because it's been uh, a pretty eventful uh, series of events. Um, now we skipped a, an official episode of, of Dive Cuts last week. We just had um, Law Murray, who's the Clippers beat writer, on. I don't know if you got a chance to watch that. Uh, if you didn't, please go back and 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 watch it, or you know, listen to it uh, through your podcast feed. Um, Law was terrific. A lot of good takes on Kobe and how Kobe fit, kind of fits into the Clippers. Um, so that happened. The NBA draft, uh, Du Bois Hodge was signed to a two-way deal with the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and then the last time, uh, or, or since uh, Matt was last on the podcast, Connor Vanover and Caleb Brown basically committed uh, or recommitted in, in Caleb's case to finishing out the, the Missouri basketball roster. That roster is complete. Uh, and then in 2024 news, we thought John Bull was committed to Florida. Uh, he was for a period of three weeks uh, and then he decommitted to Florida. And it sounds like Florida is not even in the picture anymore. Uh, so Florida's not happening for John Bull. Maybe Missouri gets back into the picture because they got a commitment from one of John Bull's AAU teammates, a, a gentleman by the name of Antonio. He goes by T.O. Barrett, uh, a combo guard out of Oklahoma who will be attending Leak, uh, Link Academy in Branson, Missouri uh, this upcoming season. Um, pretty big uh, commitment, top 100 kid, a uh, guy that they liked very early. Um, that's always a good thing, right, Matt? Yes, it is. And I would say at the outset that uh, I, I'm a fan of the T.O. Barrett um, signing. I think he's going to be a good player, but I do have an immediate guttural reaction to a point guard or a combo guard um, being named T.O. It's similar to a pitcher named Homer Bailey or Bob Locke. You know, it just it seems like it's, uh, you know, maybe he's very good at ball protection, but that uh, immediately strikes a bit of fear into my uh into my viewing of him, but uh, no, he he's uh, he's a very good player. I think uh, you know he he'll be attending Link, and that has blown up from a uh, well nothing really to one of the premier prep programs in the country. So yeah, you know the players that are going there are they've got talent. Yeah, they uh, uh, believe they got a commitment from like the top overall player in the class in the twenty twenty four class. Uh, Aaron Rowe, uh, Columbia's uh, finest twenty twenty five recruit, is already down there. Um, so yeah, they've got uh, they've got a lot um, going on, and so he's gonna basically go. He was a uh, he was playing it in Edmond North, which is uh, a suburb of Oklahoma City, and uh, apparently knows. Trent Pierce already they they competed against each other um, when when Pierce was uh, at Union before uh, going out to Arizona Compass Prep um, and so those two know each other that's that's kind of helpful uh, but going from Edmund where you're kind of gonna be the guy who is you know if one of if not the best player in the state of Oklahoma 
uh, to a program where you're maybe the fifth or sixth best player on that roster should prepare him quite well uh, for transitioning into college where, you know, at least right off the bat, I mean, not a lot is going to be expected from him other than maybe some, you know, bit contributions here and there. Yeah. um, I think it will help prepare him. And I do, you know, I I don't follow the summer league as close as uh, Matt Harris does, but I have come to know that his summer program, Mocan in Kansas City, is one of the better at preparing players for the next level. They 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 do play good basketball. It is you know there. I don't want to get into the stereotypes of summer summer league, but a lot of these rosters are thrown together, moving pieces. They don't practice much. They go out and it's a showcase. Where when you see uh, Mocan, they they definitely look like a team that knows what's going on. And I like players that are used to playing basketball the way the coach wants them to play basketball so uh, you know there's there's a lot of good things there because we I believe Aiden Shaw played there um and then you've got uh, the Oklahoma connection that seems to be growing with uh, Trent Pierce and T.O. Barrett now and I believe if I'm not mistaken that Jesus Carolero was one of the first players down at Link is that is that correct <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so Link actually started as just like a prep program, so like a post high school graduation, like a one season you can go, and and Carlero did spend a season in Branson, Missouri. Uh, <laughs> nothing, it's it's right up there with Malaga, Spain, as a, as <laughs> a top tourist uh, destinations. Um, I mean. Well, anyway, it, it's not that this necessarily means anything, but you've got some, you know, the start of some connections building there, um, be it through Link, be it through getting some roots down in Oklahoma, although I wouldn't say Oklahoma is necessarily a hotbed for high school basketball recruiting. They do have good players there. Uh, and then, of course, the Mocan program in Kansas City, which um, a lot of programs have tried over the years to uh, get their hooks in as far as recruiting goes uh, you know, aside from the player himself, who I believe is a very talented player and, mm-hmm. and exactly the type of player that you kind of want to build your roster around in today's game through those types of guys, so you've got some interesting other connections as well. So that is my initial initial thought. Yeah, so it does uh, you know appear after watching some film, uh, and I, I know that... Uh, you're probably not hopping on the film the same way that, that Matt and I do. And, and uh, I don't hop on the film the same way that Matt does. Matt will sit down and watch like six or eight games in a row. Um, well, you know, I will watch just like segments of a game here and there just to make, make sure that I'm kind of getting a, a gist of how he kind of plays within the flow of his own team and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but what Missouri is getting is they're basically getting um, a physical guard. He has good size. Uh the shot mechanics look good. Uh, he plays very hard, uh, and he he's very tough on defense. I think when you when you script the kind of player that uh, you know Dennis Gates wants to kind of build around, uh, he has a lot of the things that that Gates wants. And and on top of that, he is a skilled player. Um, you know, so he's a guy who can kind of play one through three. Um, and he can probably defend, uh, you know, with size and, and some added strength. Once he gets in, he could probably, you know, defend all the way up to the four. Um, he's not an elite athlete. 
Um, but he's not a bad athlete. He's a good athlete. Uh, and so I think all those things are going to translate to the kind of player who, uh, you know, may, may be able to move himself up in the national rankings uh, over the course of uh, the rest of the summer and into next year. Um, I don't know that I would see him jumping up into like a high four-star range, but I, I think maybe in like the top 75, uh, you know, I think currently he's like 95th. Um, you know, so he's a guy with with a, a ceiling that I think is good and one that will uh, hopefully project well to um, the college level. Him being uh, already committed after John Bowl decommitted, um, of course he throws something up on Instagram, uh, basically you know teasing that he's gonna you know recruit Bowl to the Missouri roster. Um, I don't really know what to make of the, in the entire John Bull situation. It sounds like it's a little messy. Um, it's unusual for a, a, a kid to commit to a program and then three weeks later decommit, uh, especially when, you know, there's external information kind of floating around uh, that, you know, we've all sort of heard about, you know, like wanting to be kind of close to his, his mentor. And, uh, I believe, you know, Marcus Wilson is, uh, his adopted father. Um, we've talked before about having respect for Wilson. So I don't like, I don't think this is a situation where, you know, Wilson is really doing a lot of meddling, but I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to find the right fit for maybe them both and how that impacts where bull ends up, I think is going to be an interesting dilemma yeah i i won't speak on the off-court issues i you know i don't even call them issues i i I don't know enough about that um but it 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 is very very strange that you mentioned three weeks and nothing nothing happened you know outward that that would change that you know an assistant coach didn't leave a head coach didn't leave someone else didn't get hired somewhere else it was just yeah you know i don't know so personally yeah, rumors going around there were some rumors going around that it might have been like nil related <clears throat> i mean maybe florida made some promises that they couldn't back up i don't know i that, that seems unlikely to me like i just don't i don't see how something could fundamentally change that much in three weeks uh, as much as maybe it was, you know, like when, when, when it came down to kind of the brass tacks of it and what they were looking for, which I think they were looking for either Wilson to be in proximity, uh, or actually have a job within the program. I don't necessarily think having a job within the program was like, had to be a done deal. Uh, but I think they wanted to be close. Um, you know, so it may just come down to the fact that, you know, Wilson thought that he had something lined up that, that, you know, that fell through, um, and, you know, bold deciding that without, you know, without dad around, I don't really want to be in Gainesville. <laughs> so, Cause he also like committed to play next season at a, a prep school in Florida. I can't remember if it was Orlando or Gainesville, but it was, it was somewhere in Florida. Um, one of those two, uh, and I think it was probably Gainesville, but still, like that's a it's a weird situation, and I don't think that's gonna like you know preclude Missouri from being able to jump in and and try to recruit Bowl again if if he's a guy that they want to recruit. 
Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it happens so fast. Um, you know, when we go back to the Caleb Love situation this spring, um, yeah, Love was on the market and Mizzou threw their hat in the ring. And we both thought that <clears throat> the Tigers were in a very good chance to land him. He goes to Michigan. Mizzou goes off and, you know, continues to recruit as they should. And then it turns out he's open again because of a issue with his transcripts at Michigan. Um, this isn't that. Mizzou hasn't signed a seven-footer that is going to be in the 2024 class yet. So I don't I don't know how <clears throat> that really impacts it or if it even does, uh, you know, because I think Mizzou was probably, I shouldn't say how hard they're recruiting him, I don't know, but um, recruiting him enough to be in his final list. So, uh, you know, it's it, it wouldn't surprise me if they jump back in because it was such a unusual circumstance and how fast he decommitted after seemingly being in Mizzou being in decent shape as far as what he had said in prior interviews about his visits there and his interviews about the staff and what have you. So I guess it yeah. must be something to watch. Maybe they have someone they like better now. I don't know, but, uh, you know there's always going to be room for someone with his physical attributes um, in a college program. You know, he, well, they he do seem to like, like yeah, they, they do seem to like uh, Trent Burns a lot. Um, you know, Trent Burns is a seven foot two kid out of Houston who actually shoots the ball really well. Uh, he seems to be much more in the, the you know, that kind of, uh, you know, Jordan mm-hmm. Butler uh, style of big where he's, um, you know, he's got a little bit more of the skill that I think Missouri is looking for. Whether or not they're early enough in the game to sort of, you know, get a guy like that, uh, you know, because Burns isn't a guy who's like a high four or five star kid. He's still in kind of that low four star range. Um, so you think that a, a program like Missouri can kind of slip in and maybe, uh, maybe get him on campus pretty quickly. However, Purdue has already had him on campus. And if you want to, Want to talk about a program that loves size? Uh, then, then I think Purdue is is what you're looking for. Um, but the other guy that sure. I think is is worth kind of bringing up is uh, is Bishop Boswell, um, mm-hmm. who when we kind of were told, um, you know, before uh, you know Barrett committed, it was basically while Boswell was still on campus. And, uh, and so the initial thought was like, oh man, he's blown away by his visit. He's going to commit. Um, he did not, uh, but he also did not take his follow-up visits to Georgetown or Georgia. Uh, last reporting seems to be that, uh, he is still planning on making a visit to, uh, Georgia, whether or not that happens is a good question. Um, but at this point, Matt, would they take both? The question is, would they take both? I'm not sure. Should they take both? I am firmly in the camp of yes. Wow. You know, as I mentioned with uh, with Barrett, the the these two way guards that are that have good size, good athleticism, can play on the ball, can play off the ball. They can do a lot of things. These are the guys that, to me, really are what you build your program around. If you've got four or five guys, four or five of those type of guys on your roster, and they're good you're going to be a good basketball team. That's all it comes down to. Even if you don't have a dynamic on-ball playmaker, even if you don't have a rim-running seven-footer with NBA 
potential oozing out of his pores, those guys are going to make you a good basketball team. And I think both Boswell and Barrett are similar in that regard. They're a little bit different players, a little bit different attributes, but they profile similarly. They do a lot of the same things. They defend well. They show composure on the ball when they're uh, when they're on offense. They can play on. They can play off. They can dribble, pass, shoot. You know these these are the type of guys that you have to have in your program. So, uh, Mizzou is going to be losing a lot of players next year. I think we came up with seven, maybe eight, depending on who we're counting. Um, and a lot of those guys are the perimeter players. Um, the the guys that you have coming back um, are the freshmen. Caleb Brown, Kurt Lewis. Um, and then once you get beyond that, you've pretty much lost your point guards. You've lost a lot of your perimeter scoring. So I think restocking with those guys in the spring, um, and then a, I'm sorry, in fall, and then going into the spring and looking for more transfer additions to add a little bit more experience depth if necessary, that, that would be the way to go. But I'm fully in favor of spending two roster spots each 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 year on guys like that love those types of players and to these guys aren't exactly the same but to give you an example of that i i put drew smith in the same category they're winning basketball players and they affect winning and they produce even if it's not in the scoring column they rebound they defend they get assists they get steals they they impact winning more than almost any other player and yeah and if we're we're being completely transparent um like I, I love Boswell. Um, I, if I had to choose between Boswell or Barrett, I would prefer Boswell. Um, that's not to say I don't like Barrett. I really like Barrett. I think Barrett's you know going to be a really good college player. Um, I'm hoping that I won't have to make that choice because I do think, uh, I you know I do think that with the amount of turnover that that you know there's going to happen uh, at the end of this next season. Um, that they're they're gonna need uh, a lot of you know bodies, and so it could make sense to take up to you know maybe five uh, freshmen. Um, you know they've <clears> certainly <throat> got some other guards uh, that they're recruiting, um, but I just like the size and versatility of, of basically having Barrett and Boswell as as your your B and B brothers. Um, you know for the foreseeable future, uh, I think it, I think they'd really kind of sit well. Um, Anything else that we need to hit on before we uh, we move on from recruiting? Oh, well, not really. I would also add in uh, not exactly the comparison. They're, they're different types of players. But when you look back to uh, Mike Anderson's system when he was running Zaire Taylor and JT Teller out there, who were neither were really point guards, neither were really shooting guards, but they were both really good guards on both ends of the floor. And those guys were tremendous, you know, and if you can get guys like that, that can impact the game in the way that they do, you do it. And I think both there and uh, Bishop Boswell do that. I would agree. That's my opinion. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I think we should, we should move on here to uh, essentially like the roster completion. And we can maybe do so by looking at, uh, initially, uh, how many kind of players are in that senior class? Because I just pulled up, you know, my roster count graphic. Because uh, I have I have graduated uh, here from from keeping track of the scholarships, and now I'm just onto the roster. Because 
having having gone through like the last couple of years of of who is in what year of eligibility is difficult enough. Um, but on top of that, it seems like they are putting guys uh, basically as preferred walk-ons who you might otherwise have assumed were uh, on scholarship. And so there's a lot of guys in the roster. Um, so uh, Jesus Carlero, Mr. Elite Academy himself. Uh, Noah Carter. Zeus. I'm trying to nope. trying to trying to keep this in in frame here. Uh, Caleb Grill, that's three. Uh, Sean East is four. Nick Honor five. Mabor Majak six. John Tanji seven. Uh, Connor Vanover eight. Uh, then you get three juniors and Tamar Bates, Caleb Brown, Kurt Lewis. Uh, two sophomores, Jackson Francois, Aiden Shaw, and then uh, a bunch of freshmen. So you get JV Brown, Jordan Butler. Trip Pierce, Anthony Robinson, and Danny Stevens. Um, we're pretty sure Danny Stevens, JV Brown, Jackson Francois are all preferred walk-ons. Um, after that, uh, we were thinking Mabor Majak is probably that. Uh, Majak is the only senior that has any remaining eligibility after this year. Everybody else is like they're in their COVID season. Um, so we're uh, we're gonna say goodbye to seven, maybe eight guys, uh, and that eighth guy uh, is Majak, who may or may not um, be on scholarship. So that's how the roster uh, currently is. Connor Vanover, you know, brings the size um, and and the sort of skill level that that uh, that Dennis is wanting. Um, Caleb Brown is back. How excited were you when when Connor Vanover committed that? With Vanover, I, I was I was pleased. Um, you know, it's I I think the guy really gets a bad rap among the zoo fans, and I just so happened to watch this game the other night. Uh, from the time that Mizzou, the 2020-2021 Mizzou team visited Fayetteville and Jeremiah Tillman had an absolute career day. And unfortunately for Mr. Vanover, he was on the receiving end of much of it. Um, you know, and I think Mizzou... Vanover did, get, didn't play as bad as, like, I think you, you even remarked in that. Like, he didn't play as bad as he sort of, like, as we remember... Right, um, right, because it it did sort of feel like like you know Tilly was just sort of having his way with this guy who just was outclassed, <laughs> and it turns out Tilly was just having his way because he was he was just having that kind of day. Um, and he had those games. I mean, Tillman he was a he was a legitimate all conference level player that year. So it, you know it's no it's no big deal that a I guess he would have been. In, geez, here we are with eligibility again. I think he had transferred from Cal, sat out a year, and this was his first year at Arkansas when the scheme happened. So, you know, you're you're a year and a half into your college experience and you've got a fourth year senior who is very talented and very, very athletic and just happened to be on a heater and you were getting your team was getting destroyed. So I think there was a kind of a bad, bad rap of that and I, I went back and, you know, watched some other film and watched some or looked at some numbers and he's He's been a solid player. I mean, I, I don't think that uh, Vanover is going to be a replacement for Kobe Brown, um, but he does different things and he can what? impact. Let's not, let's things. not get carried away here. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, Kobe Brown had an excellent year. 
So it's no shame in that. But I, I do the same. Dennis Gates turns Connor Vanover into a, <laughs> a late first round draft pick. I'm I'm going to build that man a bust in in the Hall of Fame. Um, and you know, and I don't mean that as a disrespect to Connor Vanover. I really don't. Um, I'm just more making fun of like you know the the comparison of of the you know he's not replacing Kobe Brown. Uh, Kobe Brown turned him, you know, himself with some help from Dennis Gates into a first round pick. Uh, I don't see that happening for Connor Vanover. I do think Connor Vanover will play a lot of years, probably not at the NBA level, maybe at the NBA level. Um, but he, he's got some professional basketball ahead of him. And I think he's, he's a guy who's really going to impact the roster this year and be a good player for Missouri. Yeah, I do too. And I, I think what was interesting is that, uh, you know, after he left Arkansas, and I, I'm not a fan of Eric Musselman as a person, but I am a fan of him as a as a bat- basketball stratis- strategy guru. But even then, I, I found it interesting that he went to Oral Roberts, which is where Paul Mills was coaching. And Mills is a very, very good basketball coach as well, very good offensive coach. Um, for those of you who haven't watched Oral Roberts, uh, Max Aceness came from there, and who is now at Texas. Um, and then Kevin O'Banner, who transferred to, to Texas Tech, if I recall right, um, they had some really, really fun offenses. So what I find interesting is that um, Dennis Gates, who also had a very, very fun offense last year, poached a lower-level um, program for Connor Vanover, but there's a lot of crossover between Oral Roberts' offense and Mizzou's offense, even if not in the X's and O's in the fact that they are a high-flying offense they like to shoot threes and that's what can Connor Vanover can help you do so I I do I do find that it's not that it's just that he came from a low major but what particular low major that he transferred to that was somewhat interesting to me and he is a guy who uh can provide rim protection uh he can uh rebound the ball defensively as well uh and and those are uh, two areas where Missouri was, um, I believe the clinical term is piss poor, uh, light season. Is that, is that the right term for it? <laughs> yeah. What, how many teams are there, um, in division one basketball, 363, 365. It keeps changing every year. I think it was 368 last year. Mm. Okay. Well, whatever number it was. Mizzou was one away from last in defensive rebounding for basically the entire season. And that is just, you know, it's it's okay to not be great on the defensive glass because you're great at other things, but it was so bad, so, so bad that it, it it's it's surprising that they were able to overcome it. It really was. You have anything, uh, any impressions on, on Caleb Brown and his decision to return? Other than... I don't, I'm not particularly surprised by it. I guess I was a little bit more surprised that he was going to transfer in the first place, but uh, you know, and it's, he's going to have a uphill battle when it comes to playing time. But if he likes the coach, if he likes the program, if he likes the people he's around, um, you know, and the coach believes in him, then I, I say, I say, go for it, you know, and obviously Kobe had a good career at Mizzou on the Browns. will forever be remembered as a Mizzou family, um, despite the very close nature of uh, Kobe Brown apparently transferring this offseason to Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, Auburn, and am I missing anyone else? 
this close, this close to transferring. <laughs> he was this close. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think there could be a lot worse spots for a, uh, you know, for a, for a college basketball player than what Mizzou is doing right now. And, you know, if he wanted more playing time, I could see him wanting to leave. And if it's if that's not the, the top priority, I'm not at all surprised he's back. See, yeah, I mean, not we've, a bit, we've talked. Well, I was just going to say that like, we've we've talked before about how the you know the Browns have responded to Columbia and Columbia has responded to the Browns, and I think they're very appreciative of that. Uh, you know, and when you do sort of like a place uh, as much as as they seem to like Columbia, um, you know, like I don't sometimes just the college experience and and being in a place that you want to be is more important than doing. Uh, guaranteed minutes um you know and if he stays in missouri for you know another couple of years and he's got a college degree um or you know at least a missouri degree which uh <laughs> isn't a bad one to have um so kind of moving on and 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 from uh i guess the completion of the uh, are the, uh, the names that have completed the roster and looking at this roster as a whole, uh, it is sort of missing. We you know talked before about your love of uh, Isaiah Mosley and and uh, and and his uh, efficiency metrics. Um, so Missouri doesn't really have a guy like that on the roster right now. Uh, they do have a lot of really good players. Uh, and it's going to be a much deeper roster, a roster with some better size. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see how they figure out how to score the basketball in late clock situations. Um, but by all accounts, it like this should be a pretty good team. I think so, and I, I would uh, I would agree with you know I, I do believe this is the first time I've been on since uh, Isaiah decided his time at Mizzou was over and that it, that that did hurt me deeply. <laughs> um, you know, he was a very he was a very talented player and the zoo fans didn't really get to see the full Isaiah Mosley unfortunately, but uh you know, it it does leave a hole and it wasn't just Mosley but uh DeAndre Golston somewhat to my surprise was able to fill in on um, late clock opportunities carried a pretty pretty significant portion of the offense when he was on the floor and then of course Kobe Brown whose usage wasn't quite as high but a lot of offense was run through Kobe Brown um, even if he didn't statistically get credit for it so when you lose those two guys and then the possibility of Mosley returning that's that's a big big gap in your usage profile you know who is going to be taking these possessions how are you going to score um, and there's not really an obvious option that I've seen. Um, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things that I think it's going to be, it's going to have to be a balanced attack. And, you know, just doing math, and I, I do math once every time I'm on the pad, podcast, but typically you'll have a guy up in that 25% usage, which again, 100%, five players averaged out, that's 20. So 25 is pretty high. And then you've got, you know, a few guys around 20 and one a little bit lower. Now you don't really have that. You've got guys that are going to be wedged between 17 and 23%, um, some a little bit higher, some a little bit lower. Um, and that that's hard 
because you don't have the security blanket that a guy like Isaiah Mosley could have provided or blanket that what Golston and Brown did provide um, that when you needed a bucket, you just gave it to them and they wouldn't got one. Um, one of those guys might emerge, but it's kind of early right now to really know which one. And as it stands, there's not a guy that's really been that dude in the past. Uh, so how that impacts their offense will remains to be seen. It, there are offenses out there that are very good running with um, no focal point, um, but it does reduce your margin of error, in my opinion. So it'll be interesting to see. It's it's one thing that I'm kind of fascinated with about this team, that it was not that way last year, even though Mizzou had quite a few good players. Um, there were definitely guys who were driving the bus and definitely guys who were sitting in the back. Um, you know, when called upon, they would hit big shots, Nick Honor, for example, but he's going to be a guy that's going to be asked to carry more offense this year, if I had to guess. Um, his usage rate last year, I believe, was 13.6%, which is ridiculously low. But he right, took right, great right, shots, right. and he, he he made yeah, them. I was going to say a starting point guard, it's, it's pretty much unheard of for a starting point guard to be that low in usage. Right. So he's going to have to probably carry up carry more slack i'm guessing uh you know to his credit by the way part of the reason why his usage is so low is because he doesn't turn the ball over it's true i and like that is part of your usage (laughs) (laughs) so if you are like point guards handle the ball a lot and if they turn the ball over like they're getting some uh some negative credit for that but uh yeah sorry to interrupt like it just popped into my head and i had to get it out Uh, so yeah, it's it's going to be under, an interesting group to watch. I think there's upside there. Um, it's just going to be a matter of how well they can strike the balance that needs to be struck. Um, you know, there's not an obvious guy that hey, if things are not going well, we're going to focus on him, and you know, we've got our security blanket there. This year, it's going to be it's going to be a, a more team oriented attack. We're not going to see a guy score twenty and eighteen, and the rest. In single digits, I think it's going to be more, you know, like, can we get four or five guys between 10 and 14 points? Uh, You know, and if they can, that's great. Um, I do think they're going to be heavily, heavily reliant on three-point shooting, which if you want to segue into that is another another topic. It's time to pivot. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so I almost feel like, like maybe I'll talk to Levi and we'll have like a little graphic that'll pop up and it'll be like, data Mizzou's data points or something like that. I don't know uh, what we're going to call it, but uh, but you've got nuggets and and I like nuggets. I think nuggets are fun. Um, it's it's sort of like uh, like why, why does anybody follow like Tom Orff on Twitter is, you know, because like he just tweets out the most random nuggets about like Mizzou sports and Cardinals and stuff like that. It's just like, huh, that's not super relevant, but it's it is interesting. And uh, if you don't follow I, like, Tom Wolf, you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what's his Twitter handle? It's like mu one one four or something like that. I can look it up. Yeah, I want to keep speaking. I can I can actually, <laughs> re- um, you know, put it out there for our listeners. I I, I fully endorse Tom Wolf. He he is he is the Mizzou uh, Nugget man. 
um especially like especially when games are going um there will be like something that will happen during a football game or a basketball game and he'll you know tweet out be like oh like you know Nick Connor just hit his, you know, fourth three-pointer in the span of three and a half minutes. The last time this happened was, uh, you know, in Clarence Gilbert in 2000. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, like, that's that's interesting. His, I don't know how his, you look that up, his, but. It is uh, at MU4124. His name is Tom Orf with ORF. So, again, MU4124. Give him a follow. I, I'm just looking at his. Um, last few tweets and exactly what you're describing. It's Cardinals related since they're in, in season, but uh, yeah, for Mizzou basketball, it's the same way. It's great stuff. Yeah, if if you're not a Cardinal fan, you will have to suffer through some Cardinal tweets during the baseball season. But uh, you know, it, it's it's no different than following any other sports writer and in, uh, in their off season. Um, So uh, yeah, getting back to your your nuggets, <clears throat> you have some nuggets, and, and specifically like the thing that you would, and you kind of threw this into our Slack chat um, the other day, uh, you know, was like some of the three point shooting things that I um, I like I'm kind of fascinated to see where this goes. Well, uh, I believe it was I don't remember which of the the come home come home tour that. Uh, Dennis Gates and Eli Drinkwitz and the athletic director and various other staff have been going around to speak to groups of fans in different locations. And I believe one of them, there was, it was reported that Dennis Gates had said that he hoped his team would be able to shoot a thousand threes this year. And he wants to lead the, lead the country in three point shooting, whether that means attempts or percentage, I'm guessing both, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. But I, I was interested in just what this roster had done. So I looked at two different things. I, I took every player on this roster that had accumulated college stats, and only Division One. I. I didn't go into the JUCO. Uh, but Division One stats that if this team, um, you took all those career stats, if this team was that team, they would rank top 10 in three-point shooting rate, which means versus two-point shots, the, the percentage of shots which are taken behind the arc and they would have finished about 33 and a half percent as far as accuracy goes which isn't great but again we're talking about career stats and guys are freshmen and now they're seniors so that that doesn't uh, necessarily mean that they're not going to be a good shooting team but then I looked at that same process but only looked at players last year in division one basketball it can the three-point shooting rate was even higher. It would have been top five this last year, and the percentage would have been about 345 percent as far as accuracy goes. So when you look at the team that Dennis Gates has put together, it's pretty obvious that they're going to be shooting three-pointers a lot. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're not going to try and try and get inside. That's that's a part and parcel with what you're doing in modern basketball. But if you guys thought. Mizzou was shooting a lot of three-pointers last year, I would say prepare yourselves. It's going to be even more three-point baskets that are coming your way this year. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's you know, if they if they can be a 35-point, or I'm sorry, 35% three-point shooting team, they're going to be pretty good. Uh, Mizzou shot 36 last year, um, and the problem wasn't the overall percentage it was the consistency in attaining that 
we had a few games where Mizzou went three of 28 and then a few games where they were 14 of 20, just as an example to make up for that. So I think the big question will be if they can shoot a lot of threes and they are making a fair percentage, can they do that game in game out? Or is it going to be the feaster famine? You know, and that, that could impact winning a lot. And you'd had a, a tweet where you sort of followed up and looked at like kind of the same numbers for the national champion UConn Huskies, um, you know, and sort of like their three point shooting and wins and three point shooting and losses and the difference between Missouri's shooting and UConn shooting and losses was still very hot, like high variable. Um, mm-hmm. I know where Missouri was really shooting poorly uh, and like there are, I mean, there's going to be games where you struggle. Right. And I think right. when you, when you look at, uh, you know, when you look at a 30 plus game season, like you have to count on X number of games where you're just, you're not going to make the kind of shots that you want to make. Uh, and you're going to have to figure out other ways to score. Missouri's problem last year. Um, and I don't think I'm, breaking any news here but Missouri's problem last year is when they struggled to shoot the ball from outside they struggled to score and because their defense was so bad uh and their rebounding specifically was so bad uh it basically made it impossible for them to win games because they couldn't stop the other team um that's really what bit them in you know the road games uh in conference play and 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 honestly, it's just what kind of kept some lesser teams in games and not conference play. So for this team with this roster, uh, you know, we've already kind of talked about not having that alpha. Um, you know, what happens when it's a bad shooting night? Like what, wh- what is the backup plan? Uh, if, if you're trying to shoot a thousand threes, um, you know, which did, did you calculate how many threes that is per game well assuming it's a 31 game season i can do it real quick (laughs) um 32.3 three-point attempts a game if you're playing 31 games so 32 three is a game Mm -hmm. which on an average game you're maybe trying to push towards 70 possessions right Jigger tick. Right. And and possessions that don't include turnovers. Uh, you know, so and again, like Missouri's done a good job this past year, at least under Dennis Case, kind of taking care of the ball. Um, so let's just give them eight turnovers. So now you're at forty possessions. And then you get a handful of free throw attempts. Um, so you're almost at like a fifty fifty split mm. of of threes to to twos, which um, where if they were to hit fifty percent, um, where would that rank them? Um, I Ken Palm up right now. I don't have Ken Palm up, but I I believe there was one or two teams that were above fifty percent on three point attempt rate, and then forty eight and forty nine percent were top five and top ten. So if you're above forty percent, you're top ten as far as three point attempt rate or thereabouts. 
I think it might have been forty eight five point five, but uh, yeah, yeah. Anytime I'm uh, we're recording this, I everything always kind of runs a little slow. Um, so I'm just gonna have to take your word on that. But uh, I'll, I'll just I'm right there. So here, let me let me pull it up. I don't want to misrepresent anything. I don't want to get in trouble for passing along bad facts. Um, all right. So last year the three-point attempt rate, the number one team, most three-pointers compared to two-pointers attempted was Chattanooga at 52.1%. They were the only one above 50. Um, There was one team, San Francisco, above 49. Um, There were five, I'm sorry, four teams above 48. So 47 was top 10 and 48 is top five. And this team projects to be 48 to 49%, at least based on prior seasons of what they've actually done as players. So there you go. And you, you provided all of that before I could even get logged in. And I will say, since we're on the topic, um, before I move on, I did look up the tweet that I had about UConn. And again, I didn't want to be wrong. Um, UConn shot 36.3% from behind the arc and Mizzou shot 36%. Um, So very similar three point shooting teams, but in wins, UConn shot 37.8, and in losses, they shot 30.9. Conversely, Missouri and wins shot 39.8, which is much better, and they shot 24.8% in losses, which is much, much worse. Uh, so that's called variance, and if, any, if anyone's done any gambling, you know what variance is. It means that you're going to have peaks and valleys, and the, the higher variance, the bigger the peaks and the bigger the valleys. So if you can be a 36% shooting team and all of your games fall between 37 and 35%, you're going to be a really consistent team. Whereas if you're shooting 45% some games and 25% others, your your wins and losses are going to be all over the board. So it's about honing in and being consistent in attaining that percentage. And Missouri was pretty good at that, but when they were bad, they were bad. And I would also like to point out that uh, one of the things that they were so bad at last year should not be as bad this year. Uh, they have better defensive players. Um, like, you know, Caleb Grill uh, is a noted good mm-hmm. defender. John Tanji is a noted good defender. Uh, Vanover should be able to provide some rim protection. Uh, Tamar Bates is a good defender. Uh, Aiden Shaw, I think a lot of people are kind of expecting him to be able to kind of take a leap. If he does, he is a very good defender. Um, and having guys with more size, uh, a little bit stronger and more active bodies who can rebound because I, I think as much, um, like too much of Missouri's issues in rebounding were made about how big their roster was last year. And I don't really think that it was so much a size issue as they just had, guys who are not good rebounders Agreed. and i think like i do think that like kobe and and noah uh were pretty good rebounders. i think kobe's a good rebounder noah's a pretty good rebounder uh but i don't think their guards were very good rebounders you know i don't think deandre golston was a good rebounder i don't think the boy hodge was a good rebounder um you know nick honor hasn't really shown that he'll do more than maybe collect a long rebound here uh and there and and i think sean east is kind of the same way so uh, what you've done is you've essentially upgraded uh, your wings 
and and hoping that that you know and I do think having a guy like Vanover and even Carlero can help with rebounding but I think the bigger thing for Missouri is going to be what Bates and Grill and and Tanji do with uh with that category I think the depth helps too um especially on the defensive end last year Mizzou was often tasked with having to play six seven guys and not really comfortable going any deeper where I think Dennis Gates probably he may not quite be Leonard Hamilton when it comes to playing 10 11 guys pretty routinely every night but no coach that plays with any sort of tempo wants to go into a game only expecting to play six or seven guys heavy minutes it's it's not doable um you know especially if you're trying to create turnovers which I don't think really anything that Mizzou does going forward is really going to have them deviate from that being the primary goal of the defense you know, and creating turnovers. Obviously, they want to get better at shot defense. They want to get better at rebounding. But Dennis Gates' teams have always been focused on getting turnovers, and I think that's a good thing. But if you don't have the legs to get through 40 minutes, you know, it's kind of the... Fran Frischilla, Frischilla, only the opposite. The pressure is cumulative. I mean, it wears out the guys trying to do it, too. And if you're a jump-shooting team, that's a problem down the stretch. You know, that if if you're running and trying to get guys to play 30, 35 minutes a night and they're playing pressure defense and then it's coming down the stretch, you got to have guys with fresh legs to go in there and knock down jump shots. And if you've been doing that all game, it's hard. It's a hard ask. And Mizzou definitely had that problem during times of conference play last year. So point being, I think if nothing else, this roster is going to have more players who can play on a given night than last year did. And that I think will be an improvement and we'll see that improvement manifest in the defensive numbers. Well, we hope so. Hope so. <laughs> Do you have, uh, I, have any other, any other nuggets uh, for the, for the people? No, I've, you know, it's, it's been a, I've been sharing most of my good stuff on the, on the interweb. So, uh, you know, go check out my, my Twitter handle and you'll get some funny, funny gifs and some, uh, if you, if you can get Twitter to load, which I will, like it has been, it has been loading a little better. Uh, I guess, I guess, uh, Elon expanded how much we can, we can look at. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I, I I would encourage people if you're on Twitter to to follow uh, Matt. He has lots of good nuggets. He also will occasionally post some video of of uh, guys that you probably like uh, dunking on guys that you don't. Right? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably watch a couple of games and you know might throw a video up that you'll remember, but you might have forgotten about. Well, so it's it's the off season. You know, have a little fun. It's it's not as serious as in season when I'm out there digging through the data and it's, you know, life or death numbers that you just have to know this stuff. Now it's a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. Uh, well, it is, uh, the 4th of July, uh, almost for us. We're recording this, um, prior to, uh, you have any 4th of July plans? Um, anything big, we're going to, we're going to go watch some fireworks, you know, have some, have some family over, have some folks over. I'll probably try and avoid getting smothered by 
my pet border collie who is not a fan of fireworks and will inevitably be sitting on my face as soon as the first one goes off. Um, so, you know, other than that, not, nothing big, but we uh, made it out to the zoo today, saw some interesting statues and yeah, uh, more things that you put on Twitter. <laughs> Why not? Right? I mean, when you see something like that, you you gotta. I don't know how you commission a statue like that. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> well, uh, that's that's it for us. Um, we're trying some new things here, so I don't know how many uh, how many videos or podcasts uh, you will have watched or listened to to uh to get to the end of this um and so it's an experiment and so things may be a little bit weird uh here and there uh from the feed uh for the next few weeks as we kind of try to get used to uh our new formats and uh and hopefully some even new faces popping up um but all the same of our uh our, our usual sign off uh, stays true if you're on Twitter and you want to follow him, you can uh, at Data Mizzou. You can also follow the other Matt who we spoke of uh, a few times tonight. He's he's the oh, film man. guy uh, at Matt J Harris eighty five. Uh, my Twitter handle's not on here. I'm I'm not tweeting a whole lot uh, these days. Um, I I do sort of post my articles and retweet some folks here and there, but. Um, I feel like like people are getting like matter and matter on Twitter, and I just I, I don't I don't I don't have enough time for uh, for all that. So I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna keep a low profile. So you can follow me if you want. Uh, if you don't, um, yeah. my feelings won't be hurt. Um, it's it's a mostly useless website anyway. Uh, but it, it there are some fun things like like Tom Orf and and at Tom Orf. Yeah, Tom Orf. Uh, you will not be disappointed by following Tom Worf. He is Im- he will not disappoint you. Do it. And and do please follow uh the Rock Nation flagship because that does help uh the site uh at Rock Nation. Uh have, head over to the rockamnation.com and, and read the articles. That helps us more. Um that's probably the, the thing that you can do the most to, to help us and, and the site. Um and then probably the, the the biggest thing is make sure you're subscribed to this feed because then you get all these and uh and it helps help spread the word it helps people uh be engaged and and know what's going on uh subscribe to the the youtube feed if you're not already um there's a little subscribe button at the bottom of this video i think i can see it um but hit that and then uh we'll be back um maybe not with this guy <laughs> but we'll be back with somebody uh, in, a, in a few weeks, and we're just gonna keep this thing going. But uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have have a great fourth. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more just like it beamed directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Bing! Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has a uh, coverage of all other teams major league baseball uh, mls uh nfl whatever you want uh to listen and, and read about it is a great great network full of really fantastic podcasts so look them up and subscribe uh to any and all of those podcasts um rock m radio will be back with more episodes coming soon thanks